Indiana postgame, Maryland pregame, and we talk CFP yet again. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 51, and we are coming to you right after a nice old-fashioned Hoosier butt-whooping, uh, 56-14 Buckeyes last Saturday. And uh, sorry we're a minute late on the podcast, but the game ran late last night, and the CFP wasn't out until late, so we decided to push it till tonight. But we are in week 11 of college football, and I couldn't be happier with life. What do you think, Davis? Yeah, I don't know about you, man, but every time it gets to be this part of the season, it feels like the whole season just flew by. I know. Like, next thing you know, it's like you have, like, one or two games left, and it's like, where the hell did the season go? Next, You know, and, it, dude, the season is always feels too damn short to me, and it flies by, but, you know, we, we do have kind of an interesting matchup, I guess we'll, we'll say, coming up this weekend, but, man, I mean, what what are we, 10 days away? nine days away from the game and yeah if not barring anything crazy this weekend it's going to be the first time since 2006 that we're both coming in at 11 and 0 so uh even though the seasons flew by i mean this is probably even more heavily anticipated of a possible matchup in, in the next nine ten days than even what i assumed it would be at the beginning of the season well heck yeah because on top of the fact that they tanned our hide for us last year on national television now you got them coming to the shoe, all the national title uh, implications, all the Big Ten title implications, and just all the fact that we've been just stewing in it for a year, just stewing in it, waiting. And you know what, dude? That yeah, it's I mean, it's hard to push that back for a week. It really is. But that 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 can be a problem. That's why I'm I'm hoping that we're fully focused coming into Maryland. Yeah. So and I know we're jumping a gun a little bit, but obviously you can tell. I don't even have a gun right now. I don't have a gun. Did the government take it? <laughs> <laughs> or did you just misplace it? I mean, you've got young kids at home, dude. You better find that thing. Yeah, I've misplaced it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Indiana, man. Um, nice little victory. What was your thoughts on the game, dude? G- give me your synopsis. I'll be honest. It kind of went exactly like I thought it would. Um, were there a few times I thought the offense was a little hmm, ho-hum on a few drives, but for the most part... They kind of had their way with them. Um, I what took out of it. That? What do you mean? Can you elaborate on that? On what? Ho-hum? What do you, no. What do you mean they had their way with them? I don't know. What do you think it meant? I'm not sure. That's why I'm <laughs> asking. Listen. We, okay. Like, so what are we talking about here? To, oh, well, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, anytime you have your way with the other team, you're basically beating them on the line the entire game. And you can do whatever you want. You could run the ball. You could pass the ball. You can make tons of stops. I mean, we had a ton of third. Well, we uh, forced a ton of third and outs in that game. Um, I know we gave up 14 points. One of those was kind of a that due to when we put backups in and we muffed that punt. Um, but, you know, beside that one drive and that one big pass play, I mean, we didn't really give up hardly anything to Indiana, which, you know, I, I know it's still Indiana. I know the competition level is not very good with that team. I know they're struggling, but they definitely uh, – the quarterback that they finally put in was at least a better option. I'm sure that maybe had they went to this quarterback earlier in the year, or I'm not even sure if they really had, but maybe they'd be a little more successful. But 
the, the, I guess the main point I'm saying is we played well and we took care of business like I thought we should have this week. Yeah, and first of all, let me defend myself because we've been friends for many, many years. Um, if we have any new listeners that don't already know that, we've been friends for many years. So when Davis makes a statement like that, I don't feel that it's out of line for me to gain clarification. Okay, we could be going anywhere on this podcast. If you haven't listened already, maybe you ought to take a take a listen to the previous fifty episodes. It'll give you a little insight into where we might take something. So yeah, I had to gain ne- clarification. It's, it's never always appropriate. That's for it's sure. It's never always appropriate. So I had I had to ask. Um, and as far as Indiana goes, man, to be honest, like you said, it was kind of run of the mill. Um, wasn't anything I didn't expect. Although, dude, I'm just, are you concerned about our health going into Michigan here? I'm Absolutely. Concerned. Absolutely. So that was probably, I mean, not the worst thing that could have happened in this game, but it was definitely something I did not want to see. And the fact that we already, we already have Travion Henderson, who we've kind of talked about is not the most durable running back. Uh, he spent a lot of time this season off and on injured, not healthy. And mine's kind of been our workhorse, the one we've relied on. And even after getting banged up against Penn State, he kind of comes back and, you know, he's a tough guy. But I'm telling you, when you have to get carted off the field, that's not good. And I don't care what Ryan Day is saying in these press conferences about how this isn't a really long-term injury issue. Listen, we only have two weeks left in the regular season uh, before a potential Big Ten championship game and then the playoff. Like, I don't think Mayan's going to be back. I don't. I mean, unless we make the playoffs and he gets, you know, a month plus rest, then possibly. But I think we've lost Mayan, in my opinion. Can you remember a time, though? I cannot remember a time in Buckeye history off the top of my head. Now, maybe you can correct me here. Where we've been in such high regard countrywide and in contention where we've had so many injury issues. And it's just been the entire season. It's not like it's one week and one guy. It's been several weeks and several guys. And I'm just concerned that, you know, we're not going to be playing with a full deck here coming into the last couple of games of the season. That's super concerning. The only thing I can think is even remotely comparative, and it's still kind of, I guess, comparing apples to oranges, is that 2014 year where, you know, who the starting quarterback was supposed to be that year is Braxton Miller. And in training camp, he has that shoulder injury and he's out and JT Barrett starts. And then fast forward to the, the Michigan game and JT Barrett breaks his ankle and he's out. And we're on a third string quarterback and going into the Big Ten championship game, still in the, you know, the number six ranking with one week to go before the CFP. Now, I know it's not the exact same situation. Like we we still have some big key players in there, but we still are missing some other key players that I understand is not as big of a factor as the quarterback, but still it's important. Like our run, our running back room is decimated, in my opinion. I know we have Dallin Hayden, uh, the possibility of chip uh chip training um i know we saw xavier johnson back there but i still don't even know where trayvon henderson's at um i don't know if it was precautionary or if he's really more banged up and even if they're banged up and they can play how effective are they going to be um mayan i don't think we will see him for the rest of the season unless we get to the playoffs so you know we're in a tough spot now against maryland this weekend i'm not that worried but in 10 days when we play Michigan, absolutely I'm worried. You know, that's a game where we need to have our best players on the field and we need to have some sort of resemblance of a running game that was a struggle last year. You know, can we do that with a banged-up Travion Henderson, a Dallin Hayden, a Trip Trainum who hasn't even rushed for a single yard this year, I don't believe, or maybe he's rushed one time 
And then Xavier Johnson, who doesn't really have the body, especially in a, a an Ohio State-Michigan rivalry game, to run the ball. Like, absolutely. I'm worried, too. So I don't know where we go from here with the with the running back depth. But, I mean, this could be a bigger factor than what some people are putting on. I know Ryan Day is trying to really, you know, calm people's nerves about it, but I guarantee he's stressing about this. Would you be surprised if we didn't see either one this week? No. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I think uh, – I know we, we haven't talked about Maryland yet, but I feel confident that we can go up there and play Dallin Hayden, uh, Chip train him if he's ready to play again, and Xavier Johnson, and let that be it and make sure – Let me ask you this because you brought it up, and I've been wanting to ask you about this. Let's talk about Dallin Hayden for a quick second. He's been – serviceable right he's been a guy you can fill holes with you know put him in wherever you need to when there's an injury people are tired and he's done a pretty good job but now that you've got a pretty large sample size of him do you think do you think that he's ever going to be the guy at ohio state i think that is a loaded question i think it depends upon who are other i just told you i didn't have a gun earlier it's not loaded sorry we're making a lot of gun references (laughs) (laughs) no no we're not sponsored by the nra yeah. Unless they're listening, and if they Unless want to give listening. us money, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I think it's it, it depends a lot on who the other running backs are going to be. Um, I know that we're bringing in is Mark Fletcher in a year or two, and he's a pretty highly rated running back. Uh, we're going to have Trey for at least another year because uh, this is only his true sophomore year. Um, Evan Pryor is going to be coming back from injury next year. Um, I know he was at least third on the depth chart. So do I think he's going to be the feature back? I don't know. He'll at least be the one coming in with the most amount of experience besides Trey next year. And I think that he's going to play a pivotal role. Listen, I'll be the first person to say that I've been pleasantly surprised with him overall this year. Um, He reminds me a little bit more of Boom Heron. And I know I think we mentioned that earlier this year, but he's not real big on size and everything. But, man, he's got some quickness. He's got some moves. And he he gets up field pretty quick, and you can see that in his step. Like he he's pretty good at you know a, a quicker first step, and if he sees an opening, boom, you know he, he kind of hits the hole and he goes. So I think he's going to be a factor, not just this year, but next year as well. I don't think he's going to get lost in the depth chart, but do I think he's going to be the feature back? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think he can definitely improve. I mean, he's just a true freshman. So he's his body's going to get bigger. He's going to get more experience. Heck, he's gotten a lot of experience this year for being a true freshman. And the good thing is he's not taking a lot of wear this year, which Trey uh, Trey had to do last year. So I don't know. I mean, I do think he does have a lot of potential, in my opinion. See, I, I see him being more like what we thought that mine was going to be this year, meaning we thought that Travion was going to be like the shifty, explosive, big play guy. And we thought that mine was going to be like your third and one, third and two guy. You're all reliable. And that's kind of where I see him. I, you know, I feel like some Ohio State's just got so much talent, man. You got guys coming from all over the place, four and four, five star recruits. So I don't see it being like, oh, he's going to be the guy until somebody else shows up, shows up on campus. Cause I think next year we'll have a whole new crop of people in there and who knows what's going to happen. I do see him getting some playing time, but I just don't see him being that explosive every down guy. I see him getting time, but I don't see him being the guy. And I can see that. I, I can definitely see that. But I mean, he's, he has the build that he could be kind of a hybrid player. And he's someone that I think could definitely be some, uh, like, I don't see him as a great 
help in the run blocking game, but I think he could definitely be more of a hybrid in the passing game, uh, just based upon his build and his speed. But I agree. I mean, I think especially when you're running through a Big Ten schedule, you need more of a Mayan Williams type of character. Even Trey, uh, you know, he doesn't get as much credit for how big he is, but Trey's Trey's not a small back. So um, I, I don't think Dalen Hayden right now has the build to go through that kind of grueling schedule in the Big Ten day in and day out. But, you know, in a year from now, we may be saying a different tune. Agreed. No, I was going to say, we spent a lot of time on this injury and stuff, and, and we don't really need to hit a lot on the offense. I at least want to, the last thing I want to bring up about that is, dude, can we continue? How much more can we get surprised by Marvin Harrison? Like, you know, just when he does something one game, and then we watch the next game and he surprises again, at some point we have to stop being surprised by this guy, right? Nothing he does surprises me, man. Did you see some of the angles that they were posting, like from the catch he had, where he had one foot in bounds? Yeah, where he's yeah, like tabletopped completely over, and it almost looks photoshopped, dude. Like it's not it even does. possible for a human being to do that. And he did that at full game speed. Yeah, full game, speed. full game speed, and to have the wherewithal after jumping, you know, eight up, eight feet up in the air to to catch a kind of an errant pass by Stroud. With a guy all over him, right on the sideline, to still come down at an awkward angle and get an entire foot inbounds before the other one comes down. I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I keep coming back to uh, Joel Klatt, and he, he's called a handful of Ohio State games, and I listen to him. Uh, some of his, uh, I don't know if it's a podcast he does or what, or these little blurps off of Fox, but he keeps saying Marvin Harrison is going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL in the next five years. Like he's not even talking like in college now. He's saying in the NFL, he'll be the best wide receiver in the NFL in the next five years. And I, I can't dispute that man for what I'm seeing right now. And we're still going to get Marvin Harrison for another year. And it's, he's coming it, up on, I think he's going to hit. Well, I mean, assuming he has a decent game, he'll hit a thousand yards, probably c- close to a thousand yards before Michigan. I think he's at like eight fifty or eight, something like that. I can't remember. I looked at it the other day, but he's close to a thousand yards already. And he's, dude, he's he's young. This is really his full, his first full breakout year. You know what I mean? So I can't wait to see what happens when he comes back next year. Dude, I think he's just going to be just a monster. It is, man. And I was a little bit fooled. I really thought with what I saw at the end of last year and a little bit at the beginning of this year that I thought he was going to be more of a specialty wide receiver in third down conversions and around the red zone when we needed him. But he's kind of done a little bit of everything. And... I, I thought maybe Egbuka was a little bit more of the go-to earlier on in the season. He was definitely getting more yards and more catches. Uh, he wouldn't Egbuka uh, wasn't getting as many touchdowns, but he seemed like he was more the go-to, kind of filling in that JSN role. But I'll tell you what, the connection and the relationship that Stroud has with Harrison, I mean, I'm sorry. And I know it sounds biased, but dude, there, I don't think there's a better one-two punch in college football than Stroud to Harrison. No, there's not. Not right now. I, I don't think. Even fans out there that are completely hate Ohio State, and you know it's pretty much everyone that doesn't follow Ohio State hates them. But if you are not an Ohio State guy and you look at that and you are an honest, true football fan, I don't know how you could look around the country right now and tell me there's a better combination. I don't think you can if you're unbiasedly looking at it. I mean, I'll, I'll, get, I'll give Tennessee props. The, the Hooker to Hyatt um, combination that they got going on there is pretty good. Um, I definitely know that they've made uh, – uh, they've they've made a lot of strides this year and their stats are unreal. Um, so I would give them a, a you know a second place vote for sure. But dude, I'm sorry, you know, with Stroud's talent and with 
I mean, Harrison has never even dropped a ball this year. You know, he's had what I think sixty over sixty um, targets without a single drop, and it's the only player uh, in college football without a drop, at least with a certain amount of uh, uh, you know targets towards him. I did not know that. Yeah, so he's. I'm sorry, he's just a freak, and I mean, you know, a lot of people. It's hard for me to explain, dude. Like he might literally be one of the best players Ohio State's ever had. And I know that's a really bold statement and he may not get all the accolades because as a wide receiver, it's a little more one dimensional. Uh, and there's other wide receivers on the team, but dude, he's so freaking good. It's not even fair. He is a literal human cheat code. There's no one that can guard him. He made Joey Porter jr. In the Penn state game look very average, if not worse than average, like he could do whatever he wanted in that game. And that was supposed to be, you know, a, a top a first round draft or it's supposed to be and probably still projected to be a first round draft pick. Yeah, I really I can't wait to I hope we get the chance to see what he does against the Georgia uh defense more than anything. I don't think anyone's gonna I don't think, I don't think anyone in college football can stop him. I don't. I really I get don't get to find out. Guess who else doesn't have a drop this season? Cameron uh, Babb. <laughs> yeah. Great point, dude. Good segue, by the way. I'll give you yeah. props on that. You know, you're yeah. getting better in your old age. I know we're it's, 51 episodes in, but you're finally getting it. It's funny. I actually realized like 20 minutes into this that we were that we were recording a podcast. So yeah, I got that going for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank God you hit the record button this time, right? That's true. I was paying attention. I made sure the little red light was on this time. I know you were. So, Dude, I already knew once I did that the second time it would never happen again because you are too eagle-eyed to let it happen again. Yeah, I'm not going to let it happen again, dude. That yeah. was a nightmare trying to record that episode <laughs> a second time. But, dude, all right, give me this. Tell me the truth. I don't know about you, but, man, I was in my feels when that moment happened. Oh, 100%, dude. How could you not be? And you know what's funny? It wasn't even It wasn't even when he made the catch. Cause like I, you know, I was thinking about it and I'm listening to the announcer say what he's saying. And they, you know, CJ kind of backed everybody up so we could have his moment there in the end yeah. zone. And then, but for me, it was afterwards. It was when he went to the sideline, dude, the excitement and the joy on his teammates faces, dude. It, I posted it on our Facebook, you know, to me, that's what sports and brotherhood is all about. That moment right there, you put your own selfishness aside and recognize somebody else's struggle and, and commend him for it, dude. And you know what? Good for him, dude. I'm glad he got his moment, dude. Everybody needs their moment in the sun. I'm glad he got his. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Cameron Babb is, uh, has been with the team since I think 2019. And he was a five star recruit, I'm pretty sure, highly touted. And he has gone through four ACL tears, two in each knee. And he has finally strengthened and gotten, uh, and healed up enough that he has been, close to game ready most of the season and they finally got him into the game on his first play i believe it's the first play he played i could be wrong um which is really cool seeing him where the blocko is a wide receiver you don't see that every day yeah but you know he gets in there on the one play and one catch one touchdown and that was it was the moment of once he went to the sideline for me where you know it Good job to the camera crew for understanding the moment and letting us witness that. But every person on the team, every coach, every trainer, I mean, I'm talking defense, special teams, third stringers, people in street clothes, like every single person hugged that kid. And you could see him crying. And, dude, I, it, I compare that almost with kind of how I feel every time I watch the end of Rudy, to be honest with you. 
Like Honestly, I was sitting I, there and it was just, it, it meant a lot to me. Yeah. I, I had a new respect for CJ because CJ realized like all, all the teammates wanted to mob him and, and CJ's like, back up a minute. Like everything that he's been through is just hit him right now. Like give him, give him 10 seconds, you know, to, to gather himself. And then, and then, you know, then we'll mob. I, I like that about CJ. You know what I mean? He was, to me, that's a leadership role. That That's a, that's a, that's yeah. a brotherhood role. And, you know, I appreciate that. I feel like that was a very important moment for this season. You know, uh, I feel like there has to be something that really helps bring the team together to have special seasons. And I don't mean to to bring up a negative here, but if you recall in 2014, Costa Care George, the player that kind of left the team and went missing and they ended up finding out that he had committed suicide. Yeah. And it was real tough, but the team really brought the team together. And what happened in 2014? It was a special team that kind of came together and things just worked out. Um, you know, I feel like this is a moment that really helped to solidify and bring people together in that team. I'm not going to say that they weren't close to begin with or, or that this made them that much closer, but I just feel like that was a moment that could really skyrocket this team with some momentum to finish out this season. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. That's that's exactly the feeling I had. And it's funny how you said Rudy because that's exactly what I thought about watching afterwards. I was still yeah. like, maybe I'll put him Rudy for a minute. Yeah. Like, <laughs> since we're already here, we might as well just keep He going. was not offside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Oh, hey, let's dude, talk about the CFP, dude. Well, we you don't want to talk. Well, here. you don't. You don't want to mention anything about defense. I know we spent a lot of time on it, but can I at least give a shout out to Lathan Ransom? for having a heck of a game and finally he getting did. to hear and finally getting to hear Jack Sawyer's name quite a bit. He did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think ransom was what, like second in tackles, but I think he had, I mean, a punt block, a, a yeah, sack and a half tackles for loss. He had a pass breakup. I mean, what he he, had, was he, he second in tackles? I think. Yeah. I mean, he I, had a really good game. Yeah. And I think he kind of helped put his name on a map a little bit. And then you finally get a Jack Sawyer siding where, you know, I know he's not been playing, uh, you know, on the line as much, they kind of have more of the jack position. He's kind of been a hybrid, so sometimes he's in coverage, sometimes he's getting a rush quarterback. But I'll tell you, what, when he's getting his opportunities, man, he's tough. He's tough, and he's making. I mean, he made two big sacks in that game. So I, I'll, I'll at least say this, and I, we're not going to spend a lot of time because I, I thought the defense played well. I give the defense an A grade for how they played. Um, I feel like it's good news that we're not hearing the same name stepping up every week. Because that means there's more than one playmaker on that defense. And I feel like, you know, Tommy Eichenberg was a big name at the beginning of the season. And since then, we're not hearing his name as much. But that's not a bad thing. That's good news because then we're hearing Lathan Ransom. Then we're hearing JTT. Then we're hearing uh, Jack Sawyer. Then we're hearing um, Steel Chambers' name. You know, it's there's so many playmakers on this defense that it's kind of turned my confidence up a lot more heading into these next couple games. I agree, man. I mean, I, I said last season, if you remember that as long as Ronnie Hickman was our leading tackler, we had a problem and you know, right. what? Ronnie Hickman's been great this year. I've and you haven't had to hear his name anywhere near as much, which is good news. That's a good news. Yes. That's a good thing. So, you know, I have to say, man, you know, I think a lot of people expected so much of Jim Knowles uh, coming in, but I think he's right on schedule, man. I think he's right on schedule. Now, do, do, like I said, do I know what we're going to actually be if we get the chance to go up in the playoffs and play some of these bigger teams and 
I don't right now. I don't know. I it's hard to gain a real good perspective on Ohio State football for me this year because outside of a couple of teams, I feel like you know the Big Ten is down all around. So I think we're going to get a good look at Michigan and then in the playoffs, and that's going to be really how I'm going to measure this team against the the national you know the national level of everybody else because right now, judging on versus Penn State and Notre Dame, you know I'm I'm just kind of iffy. We're not playing these big juggernaut teams every week, so it's kind of hard to prepare everybody. So I'm looking forward to the uh, the team up north and and what we do against them. Yeah, and we don't mean to jump the gun, but I mean it, it's realistic at this point to possibly start talking about CFP because you know I feel like. You know, we're within a couple games of that being a reality. Obviously, we know things can change, but, you know, it, it, I don't think we're looking too far ahead. Sure, we can do it. We're not on the team. We don't have to stay focused on Maryland this week. But anyways, uh, Chad, I, there wasn't a lot of differences in the CFP this week, and I'm not worried anything worried about anything outside the top 10. I'll at least say this, and Notre Dame's continue to climb up the rank. Penn State's almost a top 10 team. That's helping our strength of schedule a little bit. But other than that, I mean, your top 10 from 10 back, you have Utah at 10, Clemson at 9, Alabama at 8, USC at 7, LSU 6, Tennessee 5, and then your top four. Um, starting from the top spot is Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, and TC, uh, TCU 4. So the only real mix-up you're seeing there is Oregon dropping out because of their loss. Um, and I think Oregon's taking themselves out, and I think the only hope the Pac-12 has at this point, it has to be an un- you know, USC winning out and maybe a little bit of help. Maybe they're okay if they just do that. But I don't know. What 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 are you seeing since there wasn't a lot of change here? Now, I think are these rankings a little more solidified now? We're not really going to be seeing the shifting as much. Yeah, I think so. But it's also brought up some some more like real world scenarios for me. And what I mean by that, and I'm not going to get too deep into it because I know you and me will go an hour on it. But what I'm saying is I continue to stand by what I said before and that I think that the Ohio State-Michigan game is an elimination game. I've said that from day one, and I truly mean it. And now that this has kind of panned out the way that it has, mainly Oregon losing and making USC the only Pac-12 uh, shot, I guess, there, and the fact that they still have LSU ranked in front of them, even though that that's going on, LSU can be a could possibly be an SEC champion. USC could be a one-loss uh, Pac-12 champion. And Tennessee, who they obviously feel is the fifth best team, fifth best team in the country, sitting outside there with one loss as well. I feel like if Ohio State and Mich- or Michigan loses, no matter which one it is, based on strength of schedule and what these other teams have in front of them, I, I don't see the one I'm getting in. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's funny how everyone is already penciled in Georgia, no matter what. It's not like they have two or three more games to play. Like, screw it. Just go ahead and pencil them in. Because they assume they're just going to run through the rest of their schedule, which they very well probably should. And they're going to be facing a two-loss LSU team, which um, I don't care. I don't really predict that being much of a game. Maybe it is early. But sure, crazier things have happened. LSU could potentially win that. Then you're looking at something crazy like a two-loss SEC champion LSU, a one-loss Georgia, and a one-loss Tennessee. And who gets left out? Because Tennessee beats Georgia. So you finger Georgia, but Tennessee beat LSU by badly earlier this year. True. But then you're looking at an LSU team that beat Georgia. Yep. And won and the me, SC, and won the conference. So like, but p- so many people are penciling in Georgia. They immediately think, hey, Georgia can just show up to the SEC championship game just like they did last year, and it doesn't matter what they do. They're in. It just Most affects people are what seed that. they are. 
Most and people are saying that. I'm sorry, but can I say that's bullshit? And I'm so sick and tired of hearing that narrative that you can just show up to the game. I don't care what kind of year you've had and automatically doesn't matter how you perform in that game. You're going to be in. I'm not taking anything away from how their season's gone so far, but I'm not, and I'm not even saying based upon what happens around them that that should happen, that they should still be in. But can we just stop with that damn narrative that you just show up to an SEC game championship game and automatically win, win, lose, or draw, you're in? Well, let me, let me ask you this real quick. Say Georgia does lose. Okay. Say they lose decently. I'm not saying they get hammered, but they lose, you know, 10 points. Okay. So Georgia loses by 10 points in the SEC championship game. USC wins out and say they they went out well, handily. They smoke everybody for the rest of the season. Now they're a one loss Pac-12 champion and you got Georgia sitting there who's obviously going to be no matter which way the Ohio State or Michigan game plays out, they're going to be sought as the best one loss team. So, who do you put in there? Who gets that spot? Man, uh, it's a good question. I mean, you got to think USC, if they went out and they're a one-loss Pac-12 team, that means they're going to be beating a ranked Notre Dame team. They're going to be beating a ranked UCLA team, and they're going to be beating a ranked Oregon team in three of the last games of the year. Exactly. And, that's my point. And that's that's going to boost their strength of schedule. That's going to boost their ranking. Um, they have the name. Okay. And I'm, I'm sorry, but the name's important. You know, if this was North Carolina doing it, which shows North Carolina has one loss and they're at 13th, they're the worst one loss ranked team in the country. Um, name matters. The fact that they have a Heisman esque style quarterback who is getting some Heisman, uh, you know, hype a little bit. Um, you I, you don't leave USC out, in my opinion. Um, I think that result is going to, for sure, ruin any chance of two Big Ten teams getting in if USC wins out. And I think that, for sure, takes away any opportunity that a one-loss Clemson can still get in. And at that point, it just depends on what TCU can do, whether or not it's going to be TCU or two SEC teams. Because, I mean, let's say this, like you had mentioned, what happens, and I know this is a very big hypothetical, but what happens if LSU wins? So you got SEC champ two loss, Georgia one loss, Tennessee one loss, but then you're looking at an unbeaten Big Ten, an unbeaten TCU, and a one loss USC with a conference title. Mm. First of all, I don't see two SEC teams getting in in that scenario, and what one SEC team gets in. To me, it's going to be the conference champion. <laughs> LSU. Listen, yep. I I want to say no, but you know what? I would love for that to actually happen. For the all the reasons I was telling you before about this Georgia Bowl crap showing up, then get beat in the SEC championship game. How fair would that be for LSU to come in, win the SEC, beat Georgia, who's the number one ranked team in the country, and for Georgia to get in to the CFP and them to not. Dude, I don't care what anybody says. And you mark my words about this right here. If USC wins out, they are in. I'm just telling you. I believe that, that too. Brand- I think if USC wins out at number seven, they're going to climb over t- Tennessee. Ohio State, Michigan, one of those two has to lose. They'll climb over that with a conference title. And 
TCU's kind of still the wild card in all this, man. I mean, I think TCU's got a spot if they go unbeaten. But if TCU loses the game, that's ripe for the taking. There's potential for two SEC teams. At that point, possibly still an outside chance for two Big Ten teams, depending upon who wins and the and what the game look like. I mean, there's still See, I possibility. I don't think so. I don't think that you don't think there's any chance for two Big Ten teams, right? Not even not even one percent. No, I I'd like to disagree with you, but I am a lot closer to where you're at than where other people think. I mean, I think I saw a stat out there that there's still like a 36 to 50 percent chance that two Big Ten teams could get in. And I'm really doubting it, man, because we're just we're not Big Ten's not getting any credit this year. And rightfully so, to be fair. I mean, the conference has been garbage this year. Yeah, outside exactly. of Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, the the conference is garbage, man. And given Ohio State had a better out of conference schedule, and Notre Dame is helping us out by winning and get back in the rankings, but still, relatively speaking, the schedules have been light. It's not been a gauntlet to go through this year. We've not been super tested, really. So I don't think Ohio State or Michigan, even if we, you know it's the same result of 2006, where it was like 42 to 39. You know, and it was a hell of a game back and forth. I don't think the loser is going to get the benefit of the doubt because they're not going to get any because no matter what happens, you're going to have to put them against a one loss Tennessee. And I don't think either one of them are getting in or based a one on loss resume. Georgia under our scenario, yeah. you or know, a two win LSU or a one loss champion USC or even oh. potentially a one loss Clemson winning the ACC. I mean, it, I don't think that should happen, but I guess there's potential if they really weigh the conference title. More. If you stack a one-loss Ohio State versus a one-loss Tennessee, I would think that we would get the better part of the eye test, meaning that we actually have a defense. But they have the resume. But so they have it's the gonna, resume. It, so it would be an argument on what's more important to the CFP committee. And we know what's important to the CFP committee. Wins in the SEC. That's what's important. Yeah, they've beefed them up a lot this year, and it's playing out to their advantage. I mean, they they've been able to keep enough teams higher up here. I mean, but back they to USC ha- real quick because I wanted to say this before we jumped ahead was that it's exactly what you said, and I want to say it on the podcast so that it's said. But if you think for one second that your brand doesn't matter, it does. Absolutely. We're talking about USC football. We're talking about a brand name coach, a brand name school, rich in tradition. And if you think that if you win a conference title as one of those schools, they're going to keep you out, you are dead wrong. I would not be surprised, and I may be in the minority here, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't find a way to sneak them in if they went out over somebody else. And I'm being dead serious. Listen, I'm in the same boat. I think they want that in there. Plus, we've talked about in the past, maybe not entirely or hinted at it, but, dude, there's so much money involved in the CFP. It's one of the biggest reasons why they are – going to a 12 team format because there's more games and more money and more revenue. You mean to tell me that if they have the opportunity to bring in uh, TCU or USC or even Tennessee or USC, who do you think is going to be bringing in the money? Dude, right now the CFP committee would probably have a champagne party on yachts. If the final four was like USC, Texas, Ohio state, and Alabama. They're already going to be having party on yachts because they're rich bastards. Yeah. Here we are running. A, <laughs> here we are running a podcast out of our basement after the kids go to bed. I mean, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, the scenarios are really starting to pan out. The more you look at this, but I mean, 
it's just going to be interesting to see because obviously Ohio State, Michigan, we have to play. Georgia, LSU, they have to play. TCU is kind of the outlier here. They're not playing anyone that's in the top 10. Uh, but if they go unbeaten, I think they have a spot. I'm still not and sold on them. I'm not, I'm not either, but I think they are better than what we might have given them credit for. I mean, they made t- Texas look pretty stupid, but we've not been high on Texas much this year, to be honest with you. I think Texas had maybe one good game against Oklahoma, and everyone just thought, you know, they only lost Alabama by one, which they probably should have won that game. But as a whole, they've not looked good. Um, no. They've kind of been hit or miss to me. And and I can I'm the first one to tell you, dude. I'm on the Texas bandwagon. I know you are. You already know that. Yeah, I think you're Texas coming. and USC bandwagon. I think they're coming. And I, you know, I think obviously it's not going to be this year. But I, I think that they're both on the up and coming, and I, and I think that we're going to be seeing them in the top ten here very shortly. You know, well, yeah. we're already seeing USC, but I'm saying I'm, I'm I think we're going to see both schools in the top ten here very shortly. Yeah, so I think realistically, I mean, if I look down to this top ten, I think every team in the top ten has an outside chance, with the exception of Alabama and Utah. Uh, I think Utah at two losses, it's going to take more than a two-loss Utah Pac-12 winning team if they still have a crack at it. And then I think Alabama's out. I'm sorry, there's zero chance they're in. I don't care how much chaos happens. And I know some people are going to be like, well, it's still Alabama, it's a brand name, and they only lost their two games to a two-point conversion and a last-second field goal. Yeah, but tell me that you've watched them and they've looked dominant this year. Tell me that you've watched and seen their defense look solid. Tell me that they have wide receivers that are studs this year that have played well. And your answer would be no to all those. Yeah. So Alabama's not getting in. Utah's not getting in. Clemson, man, that's an outside chance. But realistically, I guess if you want to go seven up, that's your your top four is going to be somewhere in there. That's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, LSU, USC. See, last week was a toss-up for me. Last week was a toss-up for me. Uh, things have solidified more this week. And my opinion changes every week based on what happens. Right. Last week, I would have told you, and I did tell you, that I thought Clemson still had a chance to get in. Now, I don't. But I will tell you this much right now. I do think in my heart of hearts that Clemson and TCU are almost identical, comparable teams. I think that's actually a pretty fair statement. Um, I will at least give TCU this. TCU's played a better schedule from top to bottom. I'm not going to say they played the best team. Um, They probably actually have, to be honest with you, Uh, in Kansas State. um, I think it's Kansas State they played. I'm not sure. Well, I'll put it this way. The the only reason TCU is number four is because they're 10-0. has nothing to do with the eye test, and it has nothing to do with the schedule. They're 10-0 in a power conference. That's why they're number four. If you take them versus anybody else in the top 10 below them, I guarantee you almost everybody in the country will take most of the teams underneath them to beat them. Probably. I think, yeah. So if you look TC, TCU, Tennessee, I'd take Tennessee. Look, TCU, LSU, mm, I'm more on a coin flip on that, to be honest with you. Uh, TCU, USC, I'd probably take USC. TCU, Alabama, Alabama. TCU, Clemson, you know, coin flip. TCU, Utah, probably coin flip. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, they're, they're one loss away from being just outside the top ten. In my opinion, I mean, a loss, they, they're they they're going to go behind six, seven teams. Probably be the first team in history to lose a game and fall out of the top 25. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> dude, you may not be. Well, I know you're being facetious and that really wouldn't happen, but dude, you're not that far off. I mean, I feel like that's now how much of that is really what we've seen with the scores, how they're not overly dominating teams they probably should, and how much of that is also their name. Now, I know TCU's come a long way um since joining the Big Twelve and their brand name has grown, but TCU's still not a huge power football name, right? Historic. No, there's there's uh there's a few other schools in that state that still that still hold claim to that. Yeah, so I, I think that hurts them as well. You know, I think that hurt them back in 2014. Now it did help that Ohio State won 59 nothing against Wisconsin in the big. Oh, sorry, dropped the coin. Jesus. But I think, sorry. Hey. First of all, where'd you get money? Listen, dude, it's a penny. <laughs> it might have sounded heavy, like but that's I just said, <laughs> Where'd you get money? <laughs> dude, my kid comes home from school all the time with random crap in his pockets. I don't even know where the hell he gets it from. That's funny. Here you. And he always you're, wants to bring just... it in. And, yeah, dude, I'm I'm so made of money throwing money around like it's nothing and i might hear panhandling outside the community center down here <laughs> i don't know why you're outside the community center they ain't got nothing to offer yeah that's true. you need to be over there in front of best buy in circuit city no kidding if circuit city's even a thing anymore that's where the money's at circuit all right City's so i think but yeah, yeah worst, worst buy is still around. i might have i might have just shown my age in that comment there. yeah no kidding you got to head over to Sun TV. See if yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> TV. yeah. Remember Radio Shack? Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. All Let's right, talk dude. about this game coming up, dude. So, Maryland. Um, give me your take first, and I'll, I'll kind of follow you up on that. Uh, dude, I think it's a... This should be an easy game. I think it's possible that we look ahead a little bit. It's possible. Um, little Tua, that's what I always call him. He wants to make a name for himself, man. So I, I don't see us getting anything but his best out here. And you never know what that could be. That could be four touchdowns or four interceptions. I don't really know which way it's going to go. But I think they're going to give us all they can. Uh, they're going to try to to piss in the Wheaties a little bit. Um, I think at the end of the game that we pull it out, we do cover the spread. Um, but there's always potential for this 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 game to be dangerous, man. You know, Maryland still... You know, I don't think that Maryland can beat us, but I do think that they're one of those teams, man, that can jump out of the woodwork, especially this time of year. Given the current conditions, it's possible. I consider this a trap game for us. I really do. It's the week before Michigan. We have everything in front of us. We're coming off of a high from the Cameron Babb thing and just everything we've been through this season. Got a lot of guys resting on the bench. We're primed to get plucked. I'll put it like that. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But my point is, these kind of weeks scare me. So I hope they'll be coming to this week focused and ready to go. And I hope that we have a good game plan going forward. I think we're going to get Maryland's best, just like we do when we play everybody else. But I see the the Bucks uh, big win here. I'm thinking, you know, we cover the spread and then some. What do you think? So, you, actually, you kind of hit the nail on the head a lot with that, uh, with kind of your feeling on that, at least with what I feel, too. Um, this was a, a game earlier in the season that probably – worried me a little bit that I thought would probably be the best chance of a trap game. And I think there's still potential there because, you know, we're still on a high from last week. We're 10 and 0. Uh we have a very important one of the most highly anticipated matchups in over a decade, in two decades almost, um coming up in the next week and we're going on the road. And we've not played the best on the road this year. We've been a better home team this year than we've been uh, on the road. And, you know, I, I know Maryland hasn't played great in the last few weeks. Uh, Tungavailoa 
the quarterback. He's been a little bit banged up and he's not played his best. I'm not sure how healthy he'll be for this game, but he's a dangerous quarterback if he's healthy. And they have good wide receivers, and they are still, I think, one of the best offenses that we are going to be facing all year. And I do still have a little bit of pause with all of those things mixed in there. How focused are we going to be for this game? Because the kids are only human, and you know we have been building up to that game next weekend. Everyone has. I mean, the, the anticipation, dude, I cannot wait for our next podcast. I mean, we're, we're going to spend nothing but time on that. But, yeah. I, you know, it, it's going to be very, very telling how we play on how well the coaches did their job this week, in my opinion. Um, are still some things to clean up? Yes. Do I think we kind of, you know, clean some things up from that Northwestern game? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you still got to think we're going to be coming into this game weak at running back as well. Do I think that's going to be as important? No, but it's still a factor that needs to be taken into account. So I, I think this could be a sneaky, close-ish kind of game, at least in regards to what the uh, the spread is. I do agree with you. I don't think this is a game that we're really going to be at threat of losing, but I do think this game may feel a little more uncomfortable than what we're used to. It's not because we can't beat Maryland by 40. I think we can. But I think there's a lot of factors all tying in that can make this game feel a little more uncomfortable. So that's kind of where I'm at with my pre-assessment of this matchup this weekend. Yeah. Um, and you and I were talking about just because we're so banged up, you know, I and I don't know, you know, do we see do we see Dallin Hayden? Do we do we see either one of our running backs this week? That That's what you know, that's what I'm kind of interested in seeing, like. How many people are we really going to rest, you know, going into the Michigan week? You know, that's kind of my main concern because, like we talked about, dude, our running back room is light right now. So, right. I think a lot depends upon how hurt mine really is. If there's a realistic chance he can come back for Michigan, then I think you can be a little riskier with Dallin Hayden. Uh, and what I mean by is this. So, obviously, mine's not going to play this weekend. Um, if oh, you didn't hear that clip, what clip about Ryan day? Well, he, no, I know here's Ryan day talking about mine Williams and his injury. Ready for it? Yeah. Thanks Ryan. Yeah. (laughs) I was actually getting ready for you to play something like there's something I wasn't aware of. I was like, we're going to do it. We're usually going to play something off his phone. I was like, I even put my ear next to the microphone. Like that made a difference. I'm wearing headphones. (laughs) That's, that's the most he's ever given us on an injury report. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So the point I'm trying to make is this a lot depends on, okay. So if Mayan has potential to play against Michigan, then you can be a little riskier. But if you know Mayan's probably not even going to play against Michigan, then who's your next two up? It's Trey and, and Dalen Hayden. Uh, Dalen Hayden. So what two running backs do you need to make sure are as healthy as possible for that game? Those two. So those two shouldn't be playing this weekend. You know, if we really think that we should be able to dominate and overpower Maryland enough, then put Chip uh, Chip Trey and him back there or put uh, – Xavier Johnson back there, or we haven't, we even have a walk on in the CJ Saunders, I believe is his name that he got some action. I think in the Toledo game, put him in there, put someone in there. That's at least semi capable. We don't need to run all over Maryland, but keep them healthy because if Dylan Hayden goes down and there's an issue with him, then we have potential of like, you know, almost needing a walk on 
or a transfer that's not rushed the ball at all this year to play a dominant role against Michigan. I'd rather Dallin Hayden be our running back next uh, against Michigan than, you know, with the exception of Trey and Mayan. So Dallin Hayden has now become an important part, uh, important piece of this puzzle, and I don't think we should run him to death against Maryland. What do you think? I don't know, man. I I tend to agree with you, but I I think they're going to. I think they're going to, man. I I I don't see either one of the big boys getting in this game for very long if they do at all. And I see Dallin Hayden being your guy because I think he's not going to really want to stress out anybody. I think this is a a manageable week. This is a, a managing week. And I think that basically they're just trying to get through it to get to next week. And I think he's going to try to manage that well. I do. So I think we're going to see a ton of Dallin Hayden. Well, I think I think we're also going to see a ton of Stroud this weekend because of that. And I think they're not going to try to abuse the running backs any more than they have to. They understand the opponent, and I think Stroud's probably going to throw. I think this is a game where he finally throws for like you know 350, 370 some yards and at least four touchdowns. I think they're going to lay off the running backs a little bit this week unless they really need to, um, and just in an effort to try to relax that position and not take any more abuse and try to keep it as fresh as possible for next week. Well, give me a score, dude. All right, so I am kind of in the range where, I, like I said, I know it'll be a little more uncomfortable. I think we're going to give up some points. Um, it's not because I think our defense is going to play bad, but I just think Maryland's more of a capable offense than we've probably faced in the last handful of weeks. So I'm going to go 45-21, Buckeyes. 45-21. That's – well, we're similar on what we think, um, you know, what we think is going to happen as far as our defense goes. And that's kind of been the status quo for the year. I, I think we've all – Hovered around the twenty-one mark, and almost every score prediction we've given, we've been on pretty the, close on to defense. That. And honestly, we've been we've overshot the defense a lot. Yeah, this year. I mean, we've not given the defense enough credit. And I'm, I'm I think even if we just give up the twenty-one to Maryland, I still think that's going to be a good defensive performance, in my opinion. Okay, um, I am going to go fifty-two twenty. Nice. And that's easily possible, too. I mean, that's just, you know, us getting an extra score pretty much. And, yeah. you know, I think if Stroud can throw it all over the yard against them and just go nuts, that's absolutely doable. So, I mean, I can also see this being a lot closer and tighter and uncomfortable just due to uh, looking ahead. I don't know. You know, it may For be everyone out there listening, Taylor two halves. What we're saying is that we don't know shit. No, okay. and we never do. Yeah. And we, and I think that we've been so wrong this year. God, I mean, we finally got blasted by someone after our Northwestern predictions. And I was just sitting there like, listen, dude, if I was in your shoes, I would have blasted me too because that was embarrassing. I was the yeah. one that said we'd win 62 to 10. Yeah. I was only off by 41 points yeah, on we, our side. We lost our mind. Dude, we walked out on the football field and it was like, oh, look, it's Wayne. And then we just lost our <laughs> mind, <dude>. A tornado. <laughs> uh, well, hit him with the prop bets, dude. I, uh, you didn't... I'm embarrassed. All right. So um, okay, here's where we're at. Don't hit him with the prop bets. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, here's where we're at. If you're still listening, which we appreciate our listeners. So if you're still listening, thank you. But. Uh, we do prop bets every week. We do three, and we've done a running total. And at the end of the season, the loser has to do something. We've not established that yet. But right now, the running total is Davis has 13 points to Chad's eight. 
And we have two weeks left, so Maryland and Michigan. And we haven't discussed if we're going to go past that to the Big Ten Championship game if we get there. Uh, but there is potential if he sweeps this weekend, next week, he could still win. Do you know how you make me feel, by the way? I'd say probably like a little schoolgirl. You know and that that's, scene that's in Forrest fully... Gump where he's like, see this line right here? Yeah, <laughs> see this line? This, <laughs> is, this right. is where your kids want to be. This line right here? This is your son, Miss yeah. Gump. He's not going to be able to come to this school. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Dude. <laughs> well, listen, you got to make better prop bets. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, man. You are pretty bad at bets. I listen, dude, I've seen some of, <laughs> some it's of funny. your not parlays, some of, dude. Some of them are bad. Some of them are bad, but in the same point in time, some of them have been just super unlucky. That's like true, ridiculous. Yeah, like got, one yard, got, one point. Yeah, but you've lost some bets by two yards, by one point, by. Something at the end of the game by a garbage touchdown, something. Yeah, you've yeah. you've lost a handful like that. So it's not been you've not been the luckiest, but you never know. So we made three more for this week. But before we reveal that, we do want to let you know that on our Facebook page, we're going to be posting um, a comment that is going to be asking for our fans, our listeners to try to share some ideas with us about what you think you want the loser to do right now. It looks like it may be Chad. But it's still potential. It could be me. But give us some ideas. And once we kind of compile some good ideas that we've seen mixed with some of our own, we're going to finally come out with a poll question. And it may be fan-driven. We're not entirely sure. But we're getting to that part of the season where it's starting to wrap up. And some people are going to have to start paying up or shutting up. So uh, just be be on the lookout for our Facebook page because I'll be on there um, probably within the next few days. So the first part of the prop bet for this week is will we cover the 26 point spread? And the 26 points, I believe, is last time I checked. It may be different now. Chad says yes. I say no. I think we're going to be a little bit tighter than that. Uh, does Stroud throw four more TD passes? I say yes. I think Stroud's going to have a pass happy day. Chad says no. Three or less touchdown passes. And then finally, do we get any turnovers? Chad says yes. He actually thinks we'll get two or more. I say we get one turnover or none. And that is where we're at with our prop bets. Anything else you'd like to share in regards to prop bets, Mr. Yeah, Chad? Um, when we post this thing on Facebook, just be easy on me. <laughs> He's already saying, dude. I'm just going to be honest. I haven't been working out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have not been working out. And, um, you know, I'm not the most attractive human in, in history. So let's keep it easy on the eyes. Let's keep it easy on the eyes. That's all I got to say. Dude, I went right back to Forrest Gump again where he's like, I may not be a smart man, but I do know what love is. Yeah. Well, I may not win a lot, but I sure know what losing is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're getting slap happy, dude. We've been on it for a while. All right, man. Let's wrap this thing up. All right, man. Tell them where they can find us. All right, guys. As always, uh, you can check us out on all major streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, we do have a Facebook page where we like to post our episodes, uh, links to them at least, uh, as well as any other information, polls, sometimes some chats, some digital stuff. I still want to give another shout out to John Converse. He does some good stuff for our page. Uh, he's in the kind of the digital media aspect, so he creates some pictures and stuff for us. So give a shout out to uh, John. Uh, we also run a Twitter page. It's not as active or doesn't have as many follows, but we do post stuff on there. And definitely during the games, that's probably where the where we are the most interactive. So if you want to check out our Twitter page, please do that. But, um, you know, just we really appreciate everyone listening. 
we appreciate the interaction we're getting. I know we did a live episode a couple weeks ago and we did get some interaction there, which was great. Um, we're going to be watching the game together again uh, in 10 days for the game. So there is potential for another live episode. So make sure you are on the lookout for that. But guys, you know, it's been a blast. I, I really feel like we have grown a lot this year. I know our downloads are, go- are going higher. Uh, people joining our page, the interactions we're getting. So just keep them coming. We appreciate it. Um, we just love what we do. We love getting a chance to shoot the crap, you know, one night a week over this stuff. And, you know, we just hope you guys like what you hear. So until next time, as always, go Bucks. OH. <laughs>